Um, tonight, I'm going to be talking about the subject of sharing our faith. And to begin, I'm going to read something written by John Delaney, who comes here to Trent. And he's describing a recent experience he's had of trying to share his faith. So here's John's words. Today, I'm scheduled to do Jesus at the door as a way of sharing my faith on the streets of Nottingham. I have an ache in my stomach and a deep sense of being unprepared. It seemed a good idea when I first agreed to it, but not now. Why can't it be left to gifted evangelists, to those who wake up every day bursting to tell strangers about Jesus, not like me? I'd rather cut the lawn or browse the internet. Three hours later, and I'm on the tram heading into town. I'm still nervous and wondering whether the rain will get worse. Hopefully, it will all be over in less than two hours. Maybe if the weather worsens, it might even be called off. I comfort myself with that thought and think which coffee shop I will visit instead. And yet, I still pray hard for God to lead me by his spirit. And if you've ever had a go at sharing your faith, perhaps with someone at work or with a friend or family member, or even a stranger, you, you might be able to relate to John's words, and I know I can. For the last three years, most Thursday mornings, I've gone into the city center with some other guys from Trent, looking for opportunities to talk about Jesus and just to pray for people. I remember a Thursday a few months ago, none of the other guys could make it, and as I sat waiting, I could feel my confidence just draining away. Maybe it was the cold weather. Maybe it was because I was on my own. Maybe I was still affected by the time I'd embarrassingly prayed for someone's knees to be healed instead of their niece. <laughs> and that was with laying on of hands, too. <laughs> but I decided I was here now, and I might as well have a go. Anyway, it couldn't get worse than that, right? So I headed into Market Square, and I tried to start a few conversations. After a few minutes and a couple of people making it really clear they weren't interested in talking about Jesus today, I was on the verge of calling it a day. I looked at my phone and the time was 11.41 and I found myself praying, Lord, I'm going to stand still at this spot until 11.45, not saying a word to anyone and then I'm going to head home unless you give me a sign to carry on. I know it was a pretty cheeky prayer, but no kidding, three minutes later at 11.44, a guy I'd never seen before came up to me and asked, excuse me, are you on the street outreach team? In my surprise, I almost asked who'd sent him, but I managed to just stop myself. And as we chatted, I realized he was actually looking for someone else who turned up five minutes later and off they went together. But it was just the encouragement I needed in that moment. And it reminded me that even though sharing our faith is something many of us find difficult, God is calling each of us who follow Jesus to play our part. We're needed to make Jesus known. We're needed to make Jesus known. And the word that embraces this whole area is evangelism. And Billy Graham, probably the most famous modern evangelist who died just over a year ago at the age of 99, he preached live to over 200 million people. And he said, evangelism is when the gospel, which is good news, is preached or presented to all people. 
And in the Bible, we see Jesus often speaking to his closest followers about spreading the good news about who he was and what he'd done. One of those times is a passage known as the Great Commission, found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, which will come up on the screen, where Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus instructed his first disciples to be active in going and making other disciples, sharing what he'd taught them and passing it on. And if you think about it for long enough, the very reason we're all gathered here today and the reason you're sitting on your seat can be traced right back to those first disciples who did what Jesus said. Evangelism is also at the heart of this church's DNA, as captured in in John and Debbie's original vision statement when they planted the church in 1996. But it's just as relevant now. So I'm just going to read that. God has called us to build a growing, regional, biblically-based church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train, and equip disciples to be effective in extending God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches, and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. And here today, there's probably a whole range of experiences people have had either trying to share their faith with others or perhaps someone talking to you about Jesus. Maybe you're here today and and perhaps not sure what you believe. Maybe you're exploring and have questions about faith. Perhaps today is your first visit here. And if if that is you, I'm so glad you're here. And while I realize this message is is perhaps aimed more at people who are already following Jesus, I hope you still find it an interesting one to kind of listen in on and that it will help you better understand why Christians are so enthusiastic about the whole telling others thing, even if we don't get it right all the time. For others, you might already be signed up to the idea of sharing your faith, but you find it a real struggle for all kinds of reasons. And if that's you, the last thing I want to do today is make anyone feel guilty, especially because in my experience, despite the challenges, sharing my faith has been like, like a great adventure, and to use an analogy, a bit like surfing. And if you've ever tried surfing in the UK, you'll know, first of all, that it's freezing. Also, you know you spend a lot of time just bobbing around in freezing water, lying on your board, waiting for a wave to come along, And you'll know that you're likely to face some kind of chafage situation from the wetsuit you've never worn before. I'm not really selling it, am I? But it is really good fun. So last year, me and my wife, Lizzie, decided to go on a surfing holiday. So we went down to Cornwall for a few days, and we hired all the kit. And it was my first time surfing, and for quite a while, it was just a complete disaster and very frustrating, because Lizzie was like a, a surfing pro straight away. But eventually, my moment came. I felt the power of the wave catch the board. I was paddling as hard as I could, and then I managed to kind of stagger to my feet in a strange twisting motion, but then glory. I was standing up. I was moving kind of forwards. I was surfing. I turned to see if Lizzie had noticed, but as I caught her eye, I saw that she was laughing at me. And as I face-planted the water, I realized that looking at her was my big mistake, and that was the end of my first surfing experience. My favorite thing, though, about surfing or or bodyboarding 
It's that moment when the wave's power just suddenly takes over. You feel the surge of water beneath you propel you back towards the beach, and it is such a buzz. Something about that feeling connects to my experience of sharing my faith. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not like every time I decide to talk about Jesus, I have this amazing superpower take over. Often I do feel much more like John Delaney described as I read at the beginning. But despite my weakness and fear, I have in a consistent way seen God's power work through me when I've gone for it, when I've stepped out. A bit like the experience of, of catching a wave. And I want to suggest um, this evening that the power and the confidence we have for sharing our faith relies on three main things. Firstly, the power of the gospel. Secondly, the power of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, our willing obedience to get involved and have a go and catch a wave. So firstly, let's look at the power of the gospel. In Romans um, chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to anyone who believes. And if you're like me, a question arises here, well, what is the gospel? I think the gospel is like a beautiful jewel you can look at from lots of different angles. But I just want to throw a few, a few thoughts out. The gospel says God loves you. The gospel says Jesus died for you. The gospel says Jesus carried all of your guilt and shame so you could be set free. The gospel says you're accepted and welcomed into God's presence. The gospel has the power to break every chain, to restore our brokenness, to bring us into eternal life. The gospel is the message of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what it means for us. The gospel explains how Jesus brings us back into a perfect relationship with God for, for now and forever. The gospel is good news, and it has great power. It's God's power to bring, as Paul said, to bring salvation to everyone who believes. And I've loved seeing the power of the gospel at work as I've tried to share it, despite my weakness and failings. And once I was in the city center and I got into a conversation with a businessman and it all went a bit wrong. I tried to say some things about Jesus but my words seemed to come out backwards and upside down and he looked so confused that I began to feel sorry for him. <laughs> so I stopped and I asked, can I just start again? And thank thankfully he found that pretty funny and he said, sure, everyone messes their sales pitch up, have another go. And I did a better job second time around. And it led to a long chat about Jesus and God's grace. And after we said goodbye, after about 15 minutes later, the same guy came over with a big tray of donuts that he'd bought from a well-known donut shop in Market Square. And he said, I was so moved by all that stuff that we were talking about that I've just gone and bought all these donuts and I just want to give them away to people. Do you want one? And I think that's just the power of the gospel at work. For a couple of years here, we've been using this, this tool called Jesus at the Door, which is just a card with a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of someone's heart. And on the back, it's got a script which just provides a really simple structure to share the gospel with someone if they're interested. And if you've not seen one of these before, there's a bunch at the Connect area, so do pick one up after the service if you'd like to. 
And uh, another time I was in Market Square, I, I saw a guy standing on his own, and I used this Jesus at the door card. And I went up to him and said, excuse me, have you seen this picture before, and do you pray? And we got chatting, and as I went through the gospel using the script on the card, he didn't really say much, but it felt like he was really listening. And then I said a prayer for him to feel Jesus' presence, and tears began to roll down his cheeks. And he said he felt love and compassion. And right then, he, he wanted to respond and ask Jesus to come into his life. So we prayed together right there in Market Square. That's the power of the gospel. And afterwards, he said, I can't tell you how important the timing of this conversation is. I was actually about to do something really stupid. We kept in touch, and every so often I'd WhatsApp him, maybe with a worship song or a YouTube video about Jesus. But because he was traveling a lot, we didn't get to meet up. And one day, I phoned him just to see how he was doing, and he answered by saying, how did you know just to ring me then? I'm out running, and the only reason I picked up was because I'm right now just thinking about Jesus and his spirit in my life. Are you like my guardian angel? I said, sadly not. But I do think Jesus is running after you, and he wants you to know how much he loves you. So a year after we first met, we finally caught up again for coffee. And um, he's been getting more and more involved here at Trent, coming along on Sundays, being part of our small group. And it's amazing to see the power of the gospel continue to work in his life. And the second power in our evangelism, in our sharing our faith, is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in so many ways. He enables us to experience God's presence, he guides us. He gives us spiritual gifts. He helps us become more like Jesus. But today I want to particularly look at how the Holy Spirit gives us power in sharing our faith. And we see this right back at the very beginning of the church with the first followers of Jesus. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, we read how after Jesus had died and risen from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and he said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as we continue into Acts chapter 2, we find this is exactly what happens. Peter and the other disciples are waiting and waiting, and then the day arrives when the Holy Spirit comes with a sound like a rushing wind and, and fills them. There's a commotion afterwards, and a crowd forms, and they're wondering, what on earth is going on? And Peter is, is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he preaches his first sermon. And he finishes his sermon by saying to the crowd gathered, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If I was there in that moment, I'd be thinking, Great first sermon, Peter. Loved that strong ending. The energy was amazing. Let's see if a couple of people want to respond and come to, the for, come to the front for prayer. That's totally not what happens. Instead, a few verses later, we read, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I think Peter caught a massive wave of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit not only gave him courage to speak, but also worked in the hearts of the crowd who, who listened. 
and God hasn't changed. The same Holy Spirit who filled Peter is living in us today. And the same Holy Spirit who worked in the hearts of those 3,000 who responded is, is still working in people's hearts today as he opens people's eyes to see Jesus and bring life to our city. I'm not saying that we should each be expecting that 3,000 people come to faith every day, although that would be pretty cool. But what does seem clear is that, having, is that sharing our faith is not something we drum up in our own efforts or do, some, or do in our own strength. Rather, it's a posture of relying and trusting in the Holy Spirit and seeking to join in with what he's already doing. And this is where the third point I want to share comes in, our willing obedience. Because just like in surfing, in order to catch a wave, we've got to, be able, we've got to get in the water in the first place. And there are many reasons we might hang back. We could feel afraid of someone's reaction or, or, or feeling rejected. We could feel unprepared and nervous about saying the wrong thing. We might just be really busy with other things in life or facing a particular challenge that's taking our time or, or attention. And I can relate to all, all these reasons, but I know that God is still calling me to go and to look for that wave to catch nonetheless. Every one of us today will be facing challenges like this, but I do want to ask today, what could it look like for you to get in the water and be looking for that wave? One way I'd love to encourage you to consider is inviting someone to Invitation Sunday. Um, it's going to be a great service where Dave's just going to be talking about what's the meaning of life. Is there more to life than this? It's going to be super accessible for people who are just exploring faith. And then the Alpha course starting after Easter is going to be amazing. Both of these are going to be fantastic environments to invite anyone to. And I'd really encourage you to do that. But there are so many other ways too. Perhaps for you, it's offering to pray for a colleague at work you know is having a hard time. Perhaps it's sending someone a WhatsApp message or a link to a worship song you like. Maybe it's telling one of your friends who doesn't yet know about your faith in Jesus and your journey. Maybe it's joining in one of the teams who go out regularly from here to share their faith in the city center. I'm thankful that, that here at Trent, we have an amazing vision and track record of being outward looking and sharing Jesus with our city. And I'm so inspired by the many stories I get to hear of people being willing to step out. One member of the congregation told me about how he's been more intentional recently, looking for opportunities to share Jesus. And so recently, the other day, when his postman came round with a parcel, instead of saying the normal thanks and bye, he said, and how are things going for you? The postman said, he was actually feeling really low and he was having a terrible week. So he took a risk and said, this might sound a bit wacky, but I'm a Christian, could I pray for you? The postman said yes and after they prayed, the conversation opened up about how faith can help in tough times. Another member of the congregation, Luke, was recently on his army reserves training to become an officer. And most of the rest of his unit weren't followers of Jesus, and some were even quite against faith. But at the end of the two-week course, Luke had the opportunity to share a short message to the rest of the reserves in the army chapel service. 
And normally that message is, is quite routine, but Luke decided to go big and preach the gospel of God's love and compassion. And people loved it. Luke's talk led to some great conversations. And one colleague said, Jonesy, that was the highlight of the whole two weeks. I could see you 100% believed in what you said. I also think of our Healing on the Streets teams who've been going out once a month on Saturday mornings, whatever the weather, for over 10 years, gently offering to pray for people outside Debenhams in Market Square. Martin and Sandy, who are on the team, shared with me how they met Marcelina, who asked for prayer because she felt heavy and burdened. And after they prayed, she felt completely different, full of lightness and peace. She even immediately rang her daughter, who lived in America, to tell her all about it. The team swapped numbers with Marcelina and then arranged to meet her here on a Sunday, where she's been coming along ever since. Marcelina got baptized here in May, and it's wonderful to see her growing in her journey with Jesus. But anyone who spent any length of time trying to share their faith knows it, it's not always easy. What about the times when nothing seems to be happening? Or when people are not interested? In surfing, you need to have patience to stay in the water and wait to catch a wave. And I think it's the same for sharing our faith. Sometimes things don't happen immediately or in the way we expect. But as we persevere, trusting the power of the gospel, trusting the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure God will be at work drawing people into a relationship with him. And after all, how people respond isn't something we can control. And we need to leave that with God. We can, however, make sure that all our efforts to share our faith are clothed in love and gentleness, in compassion and respect. The gospel message we carry is God's love for the world, and that characteristic of love should be reflected in every way we communicate it, whether people respond in the way we want to or not. And as we, as we close, I want to invite Pete, who comes here, to come, and, to come up. So won't we welcome Pete? I met Pete when he came on the Alpha course in October 2017, I think. He did. And um, Pete's been having some great experiences um, at sharing his faith at work. So, yeah, Pete, what's been going on over the last three weeks or so? Yeah, so um, I'm a welder, and over the last three weeks, I've seen, um, I've seen Jesus heal six people. Wow. <laughs> wow. And... Could you share a couple of, yeah, just share some of those stories. What's been going on? Yeah, so um, the first guy, it was on a Monday, and I was just walking to my welding bay, um, and he was walking the other way, and he had a real severe limp, um, and a lot of pain on his face. So I just stopped him, we were talking, and he said um, the night before, he actually um, popped his knee. Um, and I felt the prompting right then to pray for him, but we were in the workshop, and it was a bit too uh, open for me. So <laughs> I went back to my welding bay, and he went to his, and for literally the next two hours, I was giving myself a pep talk trying to build some confidence to, uh, to pray for him. And it's funny because I don't usually see a lot of him during the day, but on this particular day, he kept walking in front of my welding curtain in pain, tempting me. And I felt, I <laughs> and I felt like God was saying, you know, come on, Pete, you can do it. So um, I finally um, plucked up the courage and, and he walked by and I shouted him in. I said, so your knee's not better then? And he said, no. 
And I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? And at this point, he didn't actually know I was a Christian, I don't think. I just went straight in there. But um, I said, <laughs> I said, what's the pain rating out of 10? And he said, seven. So I, so I got on my knees um, and started praying for his knee. And when I'd finished, I sort of sat back and said, how's that? Test it out. And he said it got a little bit better. Um, so I said, let's pray again. So I continued praying. Um, and when I finished this time, he, he said he had hot flushes. And I explained to him that sort of um, can be associated with healing. I said, let's pray again. So I prayed again, third and final time. And um, I actually felt his kneecap moving behind my hand. Wow. Um, so I stood back up and said, try it out. And he, he could actually bend down on one leg, whereas before he could barely walk, and he was in lots of pain. So it was amazing. I could then share Jesus' love for him um, and sort of, you know, say, this is proof for it, gosh. Um, I love that story, yeah. and it particularly reminds me of my story about the praying for the knees, too. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> and what, yeah, you, you've got six of these stories, so let, let's hear, can we hear another one? You can. Amazing. Um, so the next guy is actually a guy that I've sort of, because I started this job in December, and since then really I've been chipping away at him and uh, sharing Jesus' love for him in the gospel, and he, 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 the week previous he was actually off all week, and uh, when he came in on the Monday he told me that he was off um, because he was ill and he'd been in hospital for two days. Um, he woke up in the night one night with a severe uh, chronic headache. So we had to go into hospital for tests and stuff. Um, so when he came in on the Monday, he was really under the weather, still had a headache. I said, let's pray then. So I put my hands on his head and I, I prayed for him. I pulled my hands away and he just looked at me and he smiled and he says, I don't know how you do it. And, um, and then he gave me a big hug, which is my favorite part. And then, um, and it was funny then because he went away and like five minutes later he came back and he, and he says, I didn't tell you, but I actually had a really bad neck as well and that's gone as well. So you got, you got to buy one, get one free. <laughs> and how have, you, how have you been doing this? Like... Uh, I'd love to say it's me, but it's really not. Um, I know that I, can't, I cannot heal anybody in my own strength, but what I feel like it has required of me is me willing, my willingness to step out, be courageous, be confident, um, and put into practice what I feel like we've all been called to do, um, and join in with what Jesus is doing. Amazing. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Pete. Isn't that just such an amazing encouragement for all of us? That God is at work in the ordinary every day. Today we've looked at how sharing our faith relies on the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and our willingness to go. And as we finish, I want to pick up where we left off with John Delaney describing his experience of heading into Nottingham City Centre, feeling nervous about sharing his faith. And John continues by saying this. 45 minutes later, we've had separate long and meaningful conversations about Jesus with two young men. One is willing to receive prayer, another we invite to church. Their eyes are open wide to the truths of the Bible, and they're both animated and excited, grateful for what we've told them. I too feel fulfilled and at the center of God's purposes.
I remember that it's about availability and simple, nerve-filled obedience. It's not about my skills or confidence. I've actually volunteered to do it again. I'll still be nervous and ill-prepared, but God will show up, and I don't want to miss out.